This is the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. We help you grow your faith as you grow your business. And now, your host, Jesse Cole. Welcome to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. I am your host, Coach Jesse Cole. I'm excited for you, your family, your business, what God is doing to you, through you, for you, and in you. And thank you for joining us today. I'm super excited about my guest today, Dr. DeAndrea Matthews. We affectionately call her Dr. D. She is a director of diversity and inclusion at Wayne State University here in Detroit, Michigan. Not only that, but she's an international speaker, an author, and a publisher through her imprint, Claire Alden Publications. Listen, we're going to talk about how important it is for diversity and inclusion to be talked about in the kingdom. You're going to learn more about her backstory and how she's also helping authors publish their books in a specific niche market. Listen, it's a wide range of conversation today, but at the end of this conversation, you're going to get a better understanding of who she is as a professional and on her personal level as well. So here we go. Dr. D here on the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. Welcome, Dr. D. Thank you so much, Jesse. It is exciting to be here. Hey, I'm just excited to talk to you because you're just that awesome of a person. <laughs> so can you talk more about your backstory, your life story, and how did you get to where you are right now? There's so much there as far as my story. It's hard to pick a certain spot to start with. So I'll start with just telling who I am and then we'll just kind of go from there. So I am an author. I am a publisher. I am the director of diversity and inclusion. I've been doing diversity and inclusion work for probably about 15 years. In addition to that, I'm an educator. I've been an educator for over 20 years now. And I'm also senior pastor of Visions International Ministries. So I wear lots of different hats in my role currently and God uses me in lots of different ways to impact people and to help them to see the greatness within and also to live their very very best lives and to impact the lives of others in a greater way so that's where I am right now it's been a long road getting to where I am so uh, that's kind of the synopsis if you would <laughs> so you are living in multiple worlds right now we call them kingdom platforms you're a publisher, but you also work in the educational field. So can you unpack your responsibilities in both your your publishing company and your diversity and inclusion work? Okay. So uh, my head as an author began about 2012, and I think that's about the time that we originally met, around 2012, 2013. Uh, but I became a publisher in 2017 because I really wanted to share stories, valuable stories, and everyone, I feel like everyone has a story that they can tell, that they can share, that's going to help others in their own lives, in their own struggles, to know that they're not alone. So the publishing company that I have, Claire Alden Publications, I am the president and founder, and it is really to help to diversify the publishing industry. So I want to be able to share the stories of the African-American experience, the African-American voice. Um, if you look at the statistics, 29% of the children's books written about the African-American experience are written by African-American authors. That means that 71% are written by someone else. Not that that's a bad thing and they can't tell our story, but I want to empower African-American authors to be able to tell their own stories using their authentic voices. So the tools and the professional services and the resources that my company provides is to be able to do that. So being able to capture those stories and share them. I was the kid that was under my grandparents 
listening to their oral stories, listening to the history, listening to their life stories. And I want to be able to help people who may not be as tech savvy, who may not know how to self-publish or what that is like, provide them those professional services to get their stories out and capture that written legacy for generations to come. All right. So that's the publishing arm of what you do. But there's also an even deeper side of what you do from a social and education standpoint with the diversity and inclusion. And typically we hear diversity and inclusion. We see either African-Americans in those roles or people of color who are managing and supervising those roles. So what has been your experience so far as you have grown in this work? So I started diversity and inclusion work about 15 years ago, and it has really been an extension of who I am naturally. When I look at it, you know, it looks one way on the resume, but as I really began to dig deeper into the diversity and inclusion work, I started looking at my own history and what I bring to the table. And that journey really started for my family many, many years ago. Uh, I tell people as I'm, I'm giving my signature topic, which is the value of diversity in a world of differences, I talk about how my family has five generations of interracial relationships. So even just looking at that and how that has impacted me as a person and our family dynamics and how we look at people and how we, you know, just embrace people and their stories, it has had a, a profound effect on me and that translated into my business role. So as a director of diversity and inclusion, my primary role is to monitor the diversity of our faculty, staff, and students at Wayne State School of Medicine. That's my primary role. In that role, it includes pipeline work, it includes overseeing staff, it includes recruitment work that takes me across the country multiple times throughout the year, and it also has afforded me an opportunity to speak across the globe as an international speaker. So it is training involved, it's speaking opportunities involved, it's really connecting with people and showing them how their voice matters, their experiences matter. The population that I work with primarily in that role are first-generation low-income students. So again, being able to show those that considering medical education, it wasn't necessarily designed for them because 75% of those who go into medicine are from the upper echelon as far as socioeconomic status. So being able to empower these students, let them know your voice matters, your experiences matter. And these are the students that then go and serve in the underserved communities, in the medically underserved areas, in the health profession shortage areas, those who are the most vulnerable and need the most help. As I listen to you tell your story, what I'm hearing is that the thread of connectivity between all the work you're doing is that you are serving people, you are giving opportunity, you are bringing people together. And I'm hearing collaboration. You're doing a lot of stuff. You haven't even mentioned that you're a mother, that you are a wife. We haven't even gotten into that stuff yet. But when you think about where God has you right now in your life, not just in business, but life period, how are you doing life? How are you doing business in partnership with God? I will say this. If I did not have God, I wouldn't be able to handle it all because it's (laughs) so many hats. It's so much going on. And God really is my... He leads and guides me. He makes everything work together. He makes everything work out as far as balance, as far as my peace of mind. Because with the people that I deal with across the many uh, platforms that I serve, they have concerns that don't always come up in a nine to five environment. They have conversations that need to take place that aren't always cut and dry. Some are very uncomfortable conversations. So being able to make myself available and 
not just be an active listener, but also have some vulnerability and share that I, I not only hear you, but I understand where you are and where you're coming from, because this has been my experience, even just to show them you're not alone, you're not the only one, and there is hope on the other side of this experience that you're going through right now. So God is the foundation of everything that I do because it's only because of his grace that I have these various roles. And even if we begin to talk about how I came into these roles and things of that nature and how doors opened up, it was because it was divinely orchestrated. And I'm at the point in my life now where I understand that if the door is closed, that's not my door. Yeah. Because if it's my door, then that door is going to open and I'm going to walk through it and it won't be uh, these various roadblocks necessarily that will prevent that next step, that next level from happening. Is there some kind of model or framework that you use to help people understand the importance of appreciating one another and loving one another and making sure that we don't have this sense of false community around this topic of diversity and inclusion? So there is a model that I use that is applicable in every industry. And it's really the four levels of diversity. You start with the personal level of diversity. And one of the presentations that I do is called 25 Types of Diversity, where you look at not only the primary characteristics that are very popular, the things that you see, you can look at me and tell that I'm an African-American woman. So, you know, those primary characteristics, you know, you really don't have to explain a lot. But when you get into those secondary characteristics, it really looks deeper at why your values are the way they are, the types of experiences you've had growing up, and who you are and how you've developed to be who you are today. So starting with that individual level and looking at those various uh, characteristics of diversity, then moving to the interpersonal level, that's how we begin to integrate with one another. Those are our interpersonal relationships, the relationships with our coworkers, the relationships with the people we live in the house with, the relationships with our family members, etc., etc., so on and so forth. And then the third level is the institutional level. And the institutional level is really what we begin to look at, look at as kingdom uh, as, as a kingdom. So in a personal, yes, you have relationships with the people that you might sit next to in church or that you might go to conferences with and have lunch dates with and things of that nature. But when you look at the institutional level, you begin to look at it more uh, on a widespread or global basis. And then ultimately the top level is the systems level because the institution exists within these various systems, whether it's healthcare, education, government, entertainment, etc. So each of those, God wants us to dominate in these various areas, which I refer to as the seven mountains of culture. So we're supposed to dominate in these various different roles. And God has gifted us with talents and abilities to be able to serve in those purposes. I'm very aware that my mountain of culture is education. So a lot of what I do is in the educational realm and it's to bring people to a greater understanding so that they can make better choices and be able to do the things that God is calling us to do. You know, I really want to dig a little bit deeper into the whole diversity and inclusion, not from an academic standpoint, but from a kingdom standpoint, because I believe that sometimes we can hide behind, you know, churchisms and brotherly and sisterly love without really dealing with the, the hard stuff, the social issues, the cultural disparities that we have, even in the kingdom. So let's just do a, a small experiment. Let's say that you have a room full of believers, people who are believing that Jesus Christ is the son of God, right? They believe the same thing from a spiritual level, but they are from different cultures, different nationalities, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, different nationalities. How would you equalize that room from a kingdom perspective? That's a very good point. So 
two things could take place in an academic setting. And I use that first because I've actually had to do this in conferences that I've presented for. So in the academic space, you could use case studies. Case studies really look at um, a specific scenario that many people in the room could be familiar with, and you want them to begin to identify themselves in that scenario. So you can use case studies if it's a more academic setting, but if we're looking at the church, if we're looking at people that we uh, may not know, but we're in the room with them for the first time, again, storytelling is another one of those mechanisms that can be used in any industry. It doesn't matter if it's technology or if it is medicine. Storytelling, very similar to case studies, just a different format, storytelling can be used to enhance the outcomes of any industry. So as we begin to share stories, as the word talks about, you know, we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. As we share those stories, as we share those testimonies, that is what equalizes the room. And you're no longer looking at that person by their skin color, by their sexual orientation, by again, the car that they drive, the house that they have, and things of that nature, but you're looking at them because of their experiences, and that's where we connect. If we can understand that emotional connection between our brothers and sisters and understand that they go through the same way that we go through, they have losses and experience grief, we have losses and experience grief, we have triumphs and great victories, they have triumphs and great victories. Storytelling is what I would use to be able to kind of level that playing field. So we have the story piece, but what happens beyond the story to keep the narrative or to keep that cultural collaboration going and moving forward? That's really the starting point. And a lot of times, whether it is used as an icebreaker, if it's something else going on in that conference or that, that room setting, or if it's used as more of the engagement between people, that is where you start. But once you start with that, all the walls begin to come down because we each come in with these expectations. We each come in, uh, you know, kind of guarded, if you would, checking people out for the first time. They checking you out. You're trying to see what's going on. But as you begin to share those stories, those walls, those uh, preconceived notions, those expectations start to come down. So that's the starting point. And depending on the desired outcomes for that function and for that gathering, that's where those other things begin to take place and become elevated. And now you can reach those outcomes that you desire as an end result. When you hear the term kingdom platforms, what comes to your mind? What does that mean to you? I'll be very honest. When I hear kingdom platforms, I get excited about it because what comes to mind is tearing down the things that separate us, tearing down the denominational differences, tearing down the physical uh, geographic barriers. All of that comes down when you look at kingdom because it's no longer about those local things that separate or may be similar, but it's about the larger platform. And again, even recognizing it's no longer about you. It's, it really wasn't about you to start with, but it's no longer about you when you're looking at kingdom. It's about how can uh, we come together in unity, each of us understanding what we bring to the table, where we add the most value, what skills and talents we have that can achieve these larger, greater goals for the kingdom itself. We, were each we, we each have an assignment. And when we begin to understand how that works together as a body, then that's when we can really elevate the kingdom and establish what we are referring to as kingdom platforms. You are an accomplished mother and wife and professional, but that, that doesn't come without challenges, though. And oftentimes we can get caught up in the veneer and not really understand what's happening underneath the surface. So can you share some of the challenges that you've experienced on your journey to becoming who you are right now? 
So the first thing that came to mind is the first thing that I'll share. And even in this space as Director of Diversity and Inclusion, like you said, it has come with its challenges. When I came into this role, it was the result of my previous uh, director retiring. And I was offered the interim role at the time. And of course, with retirements at a large institution, other people are retiring at the same time. And what I began to notice is that the other people who were in similar positions, whose bosses had retired and they were offered an interim, within a year, they had been offered the permanent position. For me, I was in an interim role for five years. So that in itself was a challenge. Even within that time frame, I was supervising someone who made $30,000 more than me. So the financial challenges, the administrative challenges, the political challenges, because it's always this, uh, these conversations before the meetings, the other things that are going on in a political environment, things of that nature. So even coming into this role itself, from interim to actually having the directorship was a challenge in itself. And some days, you know, I want to be like, you know what, that's, that's enough. I've had it and walk away. But, you know, like I said, God kept me and I knew, okay, I'm in this role for a purpose. I'm going to just kind of wait this out. And, and, you know, God was talking to me as he does and just moving forward and maintaining my own sense of self, maintaining my own stability throughout all of the challenges that were experienced. And now I'm in a place where you know equity has been achieved uh, I have this role that I actually dreamed about when I first came into this space and I'm impacting other people in a greater way and not just locally but across the nation so that's the first thing that came to mind because that was very heart-wrenching if you would uh, and as you mentioned at the time you know all of my children were still at home they're adults now but at the time all of my children were still at home and you know I'm a mo working mother and I'm trying to you know make ends meet and it's just multiple challenges so that was one of the bigger ones for me as far as my professional career uh, personally i've gone through a lot of things from my own health challenges to the health challenges of my spouse and you know multiple deaths in the family and things of that nature so it doesn't come without its own set of unique um what well i'll just say it challenges again aside from that just maintaining that sense of peace and that inner joy that keeps you going. It's not about the happiness. Happiness is based on what's happening. And that's not what drives me or moves me. It has to be internal because when, you know, I have to sacrifice sleep to get a project done, when I have to sacrifice sleep because I'm sitting in the hospital with a child or with an elderly parent and things of that nature, you have to know why you're there and what keeps you going. So just keeping those types of things in mind. You know, we make it look good on the outside. People don't know all the challenges that I've had to experience day to day, particularly this year. Uh, people just don't understand that. And I'll just give you a quick snippet of my January. January this year, first my, my mother had a stroke and was hospitalized and then she went to rehab and then she came and stayed with me for a little while before she was finally able to go home. And while all of that was going on, our son was murdered. And my daughter was hospitalized. My daughter is a lupus warrior. So she's dealing with her own health complications. And it just happened back to back to back. And you can imagine, you know, how that can take somebody out. So again, we make it look good on the outside. And a lot of times, especially if you follow me on social media, things of that nature, you don't always see those challenges. You don't always see those struggles because, you know, a lot of that I keep very private. Only those people who are closest to me really know everything that's going on. But you know, like I said, we make it look good, but it's not without its challenges. 
Dr. D, thank you for being, you know, transparent, appropriately transparent with us on some of your challenges. And I wanted you to share that because people can look at you and, you know, you look accomplished and you are doing some great things in the marketplace and in, in the community, but they don't really see you on a human level. And I believe that's it's important for us to to see our heroes, to see the people that we look up to on a human level um, and that they can reveal some of their, what I call battle scars. And all the, and all the challenges are, it's just a way for God, you know, to polish us up. Nothing can shine without polish. So the challenges are just a way for God to polish us up. When you think about your business from a kingdom perspective, what is God saying to you about your business right now? What is he saying that you can do to maybe get better in business or to serve better or, you know, things like that. What is he saying to you about how to grow your business right now? Which one? <laughs> so <laughs> let's start with Visions International because I am the senior pastor of Visions International. So in that space specifically, you know, when things happen over the last year and a half, I'll say, I had my own questions, but I'm obedient and I do what I'm told. You know, when God says do it, you do it. But uh, what happened is we went from being in a physical building to really operating in a more virtual space and uh, virtual space in one aspect of what we were doing and it really incorporated small groups. So instead of having a larger worship service, we went to small groups so it was a much more intimate setting and, and when I tell you that I could see the growth of the people that I'm, I'm, I'm serving and that I'm working with, it was very powerful. So to fast forward to where we are now, where many or the majority of ministries are working in a virtual space, it was as if he was preparing us early on and giving us the model that would be quite effective with where we are now. So I'm grateful for that experience. And that's what comes to mind first. And I was just sharing with you know people about that so that comes to mind first. But aside from that, I am always looking at how I can improve my services. So next I'll talk about Claire Alden Publications because that really is my God-given business. I'm very passionate about storytelling. I'm passionate about writing and publishing and selling books and getting the stories and getting the information out there. So that's really where my love is. And I look forward to the day where I'm actually able to transition into that in a more full-time way. What I'm excited about with that is several things. Again, leading up to where I am today, I only launched that company in 2017. Within the first two years, we had 12 authors that have been published. Now, mind you, I'm doing this aside from my full-time job. So, you know, that was a feat in itself. We became members of the Independent Book Publishing Association, which is a national organization that provides professional development and other services to independent publishers. It also provides a criteria for hybrid publishers, which is what my company is. It's a hybrid between traditional and self-publishing. In addition to that, I was able to go through the accreditation process and we're now Better Business Bureau accredited. So all of that to be able to put us not only in a, a space where we're providing great customer service and great experiences to our clientele, but we're also establishing ourselves as this professional presence. So moving from there to where we are now, I am in the mindset of continuous quality improvement. So how can I improve the customer experience? How can I improve the services that I offer? What is it that my clients need? What is it that they need to know? What additional resources should be available to them? So that's the mindset that I'm in. I'm not 
the type of person that would sit and be complacent or say, okay, yep, we've done well so far because we have X number of authors and they sold X number of books and they're doing exceptionally well. I'm not satisfied with that. It's like, okay, how can we take it to the next level? Because I know God always expects us to continue to grow and to prosper. So how can I do that in the experiences that I'm offering to those that I serve? So those are the two main things that come up to mind as far as Visions International and Clear Alden Publications. All right. So I want to ask you this question. It's kind of tongue in cheek, but I think you'll get it. Why are you tricking the people? (laughs) Because everything that you're saying it's extroverted stuff that you're doing. But in the beginning of our conversation, you said that you're introverted. So I really believe <laughs> that you are tricking the people. I am an introvert. Uh, it's, it, you know, when, when I say that, people look at me like, really? For real? I have come to a place where I, I know what I offer and I know the value that I provide. So I have to push myself out of my comfort zone every single day to be able to go and do these things. And then once I've done it, and I always seek to do the very best in every opportunity, I want to present my best self because I'm representing God wherever I go. So I I, I try really hard to make sure I'm putting my best foot forward, putting uh, everything out there that I need to in order to show God's goodness and grace through me. But then once it's over, I retreat and I recharge. (laughs) So that part is very important for me. And everybody in my household knows the bedroom is my sanctuary. That's where I go to recharge. And that's very much needed as an introvert. So I can do all these, you know, outward facing activities and share with people and and look great from stage and all of that. But when I go home, that's when I recharge. So yeah, Yeah. good question though. (laughs) I, I totally understand what that feels like. You know, you're on stage and you do a presentation, you pour out, you know, you put all these hours into preparation then you pour out and then you talk to people after the event and you sign books and you go back to your vendor table and you begin to communicate with people. But after all that is done, you want to get back to the room and just woosah and just call and just, you know, just, just re reset. And so God can give you more. So I totally, I totally understand what you mean by that. Last question. Where can people find out more about what you do and how you can serve them if they reach out to you? The best way to find out more about me probably right now is starting with the website. So my website is www.clairealden.com. That's C-L-A-I-R-E-A-L-D-I-N.com. I can also be found on social media. So all of my personal social media is Dr. D.C. Matthews. So you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, and then also the business page, Claire Alden is at Claire Alden. Uh, our ministry page is at Ministry Visions. So those are the best ways to keep up with what's going on and stay in touch. If anybody wants to email me, my email is info at ClaireAlden.com. Dr. D, thank you for your time. I'm sure that anybody who listened to this podcast today, they got something out of it, to, not just for business, but just how to relate and collaborate with people. I appreciate you being totally transparent with us today and just for sharing your expertise. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Mogul Podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing, downloading your favorite episode, and sharing the podcast via social media. Don't forget to visit KingdomMogulCoaching.com to find more resources to help you grow your faith as you grow your business. Remember, what you want to become depends on your willingness to become it.